When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the Brown Bears Sports Network from Learfield IMG College, welcome to the Brown Bears Podcast. Now, here's your host, Scott Cordishi. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of our Brown Bears podcast. I'm your host, Scott Credici. Glad you could join us. The Brown Bears podcast comes your way each and every week, and we are happy to be joined this week by a couple of young ladies that are captains for our fencing program here at Brown University. But before we introduce them to you, let me remind you that you can hear the Brown Bears podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. And as I mentioned this week, we're happy to be joined by a pair of captains for our women's fencing team. We have Anisha Cassie. Am I pronouncing that correct? Yeah, Anisha Cassie. Okay, Cassie. Okay, Anisha, thank you for joining us. And also with us, Casey Chan. Casey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, thank you both for joining us. Um, Some exciting things, and I know you two are excited about where the program is, and more importantly, the direction that it's headed. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But I think the first thing we need to do for our listeners to the podcast, for you, and you've done this for me before, and thank you very much. We Zoomed during COVID. I want you to explain your sport, the sport of fencing, to our listeners in layman's terms. Who wants to tackle that one? Yeah, I can tackle that. Okay, Um, go ahead, Casey. So fencing is a really interesting sport because it's sort of tactical on one hand, but also it involves a lot of speed and endurance. And fencing in general is just split up into three main weapons. So you have foil, saber, and epee. Um, And foil is probably the one that you've seen on TV before. It's kind of like the poking one. Um, But you've also seen in popular media, and it's pretty technique-based. Um, so a lot of foil fencers will only they only have a small target on their chest yep. and they're trying to hit the point of their their blade onto that target. Um, saber is more like a swashbuckling weapon, one might say, like Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, and it kind of is the entire upper body, so the head and the arms. Um, you can kind of slash your blade to get a point in that case. Um, and then for Epe, the entire target is the entire body, and then you can poke anywhere in the body. Um, and that's fair game. Um, so it's all very, like, slightly different targets, but kind of the same mentality. Um, you're going in, you're trying, it's an individual sport, so you're going against one opponent for an entire bout. So our bouts are either five points or 15 ba- points. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's really interesting because it's really three different sports in one, but we all really train the same way. And um, yeah, we're really excited to 
teach more people about the sport of fencing. And how does it work from a team standpoint, right? I mean, individually, like you said, it's a duel mm -hmm. between you and the person across from you, and right. the bow can be five or 15, and the target areas can be different depending upon if it's foil, a saber, or epee. But uh, when you win your bout, obviously, there's individual accolades, and then do they you know, combine the team score to see which team did better than which? How does that work? Yeah, so looking at fencing from a team perspective is really interesting because growing up through middle and high school, Casey and I both did individual fencing. Yep. But when we came to college, it became a team sport. So the way it works is if Brown is fencing another school, there are a total of 27 bouts. Um, so there are nine bouts in each weapon in the foil, saber, and epee. Um, so really each bout, and there are three starters for each weapon. So each fencer fences three bouts when they're fencing one school. Okay. So a little complicated, but essentially um, when we get to 14 bouts won by our team, okay. we have essentially beat the school because that is the majority of the 27 bouts. Gotcha. So although it's their individual bouts and we're, it's two fencers against each other, it's a team sport because we're all working together to beat that school to get that collective number of bouts won. Okay. So now, and correct me if I'm wrong here, if I understand you correctly, if there's 27 bouts, right, so the majority would be 14, yeah. right, it would get you the majority of the 27 bouts. So could you theoretically lose uh, the best of nine in two of the competitions but dominate the other to get to 14? Like let's say you were 8-1 in the, in the foil but you lost the other two, Sabre and Epe, you still win the team yes, exactly. bout or match? Exactly. So you'll see even when one weapon has finished their matches for that school, they'll run to the other weapons to cheer them on because there's always a chance that we will win um, because all the bouts are evenly distributed through the weapons. So you recently defeated Yale and Cornell at the Ivy Round Robins in Ithaca, and you reached out to me after that because I know how excited the two of you were. You did something that the program hasn't done in 10 years, right? Yeah. You're excited about where the program is that more importantly where it's headed yes absolutely yeah I mean I think this was really historic for us because this is something that we've been trying to do for many years now our coach has been recruiting a lot of great athletes from all over trying to build up this program so that we can be a really really competitive Ivy League team and the Ivy Leagues are really difficult for us because a lot of strong fencers world champions team world team members they'll go right into Ivy League schools right um, and that's just something that a lot of fencers love to do we have we like to have strong academics along with strong athletics and so we have a really strong conference um, but being able to be competitive on that level is something that's always been a goal for us um, and being able to beat two Ivy League schools this time around has been like a great stepping stone we hope to continue to get more great recruits um, continue to build our team culture to be a really competitive team on both the NCAA and Ivy League level. So this is really a huge milestone for us. We're so glad to experience it before we graduate, um, and we're so excited to see where the underclassmen will take it. Well, congratulations. And Anisha, just kind of following up on that a little bit. So um, you mentioned when you were fencers, when you were in high school, you mm -hmm. did it individually, right? You weren't yep. part of a team. I don't know if any high schools have a fencing program, right? How do you get in? How does one get into the sport of fencing? And at what age, traditionally, do people get into it? Yeah, so you can start at any level, any stage, any age. I started when I was 11 years old, okay. and the way I got into it was because my older sister um, didn't get into her high school volleyball team, and so my mom was on a hunt for a new sport for my sister, yep. and a fencing club had just opened up in my town. Um, and so my sister went, and me and my little brother were dragged along for the ride, <laughs> and I was mesmerized by the swords, and I got into the sport, and then from there... 
I, I just loved it. I started fencing foil. Um, I moved to a more competitive club in Fairlawn, New Jersey, and I was there essentially till the end of high school. Um, so fencing for me, I think I really enjoy it because it's not only a physical game, it's a mental game as well. Many will call it physical chess. Um, and so I was sort of drawn from to it from the very beginning. Um, but you mentioned, do high schools have fencing programs? And high school, there are high school there fencing are high school. teams. Okay. I was not personally on one, but yep. Casey was, so she can speak to that. Okay. Well, before she yeah. does, yeah. I was going to ask you about your siblings, but since yeah. you brought them up, Sanjay and is it Nithya? How yes. do I? Yes. Okay. So I was going to ask you if they're athletes. I got my answer. Are yeah. they both fencers? or? They are both fencers. We are a fully fencing family. <laughs> um, and my sister started fencing at a later age, um, but she was on the University of Pennsylvania fencing team for a little bit and my younger brother is a freshman at Stanford um, and he's on the fencing team so my family is fully immersed in this sport. Awesome that's great and you know what I want to ask you about your siblings too Lucas and Caleb. Yes. Are they fencers or are they athletes in other sports? Yep so my little brother Lucas he actually goes to Brown. Um, he's he's swum in the past but he's more of a musician I would say and then my youngest brother Caleb is a dancer um, so we have really interesting sports backgrounds but we all like to stay active in different Excellent, excellent. All right, you were going to have uh, her explain, or oh. your high school program, right? Yes. How many yeah. high schools have, just out of, I know you probably don't know the exact number, but yeah. I can't imagine many have fencing programs, or am I wrong in saying that? It's interesting, yeah. I think the spread of high school fencing teams is not super, um, it's not nationwide, I would say. I think it's definitely localized in some areas, but there are actually are a good number of fencing teams now. I can't really, maybe like 50, I don't know. I guess I don't know okay. like an exact number, but... Um, I think it's been really nice because high school fencing is a nice way for a lot of people to join the sport and makes it a lot more accessible than it has been in the past. I know Anisha kind of mentioned the individual model of fencing and how that's been with clubs um, and competing on the club level in the past, but I think high school fencing and the growth of that has led a lot of people to continue in college. Um, so that's been really exciting for me to see. I competed on a high school team at Bergen County Academies in Northern Jersey. Yep. Um, and that was awesome. I think high school fencing is really strong in New Jersey, and I began to see like how um, my individual fencing career could be kind of melded into the team atmosphere and that helped a lot again with kind of transitioning into college and it's a really interesting program that they have there. So you went to high school in northern New Jersey. You're from Creskill, New Jersey. Is yes. that also in northern New Jersey or what part of Jersey is that? Yep, it's in Bergen County right outside New York City. Um, okay. It's a great area for fencing but just I think a great area to grow up to. So. And Anisha, where is New City, New York, your hometown? Yeah, so it's 45 minutes outside of New York City. It's actually pretty close to Casey. Okay. Um, I live close to the New York, New Jersey border so I went to high school at Clarkstown North in New York but I trained at a fencing club in Bergen County. Did you, did you two know one another before coming to Brown? So we didn't actually directly know each other because she fences saber and I fence foil. Yeah. So our weapons didn't overlap, but we knew a lot of the same people. Yeah. yeah. So our paths definitely crossed. How did you points. wind up here at Brown, both of you? So I don't know what your choices were coming out of high school, but obviously you wound up at a great institution like Brown. What were your choices and what made you pick Brown University? Yeah, definitely a great question. Um, so I, I, when I was trying to decide on colleges, I think we both had a lot of couple of different offers from different Division One schools, um, and that was I think a difficult decision because we're trying to decide the best athletics and the best place for us, and the best academics, of course. And so I think I chose Brown because I just love the atmosphere and the people here. I just love the creativity of the students at Brown and their ability to juggle a lot of different things. I've met so many Brown students who are musicians, athletes. Um, who are strong academics and researchers, but also have a lot of time to explore their own interests, and I really loved that about Brown. Um, I've really enjoyed being a student athlete at Brown because I feel like there's a really great balance of being able to be a scientist, for example, in my case, but also a really strong fencer and person and athlete. So 
that's why I chose brown. I thought it really amazing. I think there were definitely a couple options that I think we both had at the time, um, but I know that we made the right choice. Yeah. You said the people, right, convinced you. Did yeah. you come on a visit here and meet some members of the fencing team? Did that put it over the top, or what, what if anything, did? Yeah, I would definitely say meeting the team was really great. I mean, the team has uh, consistently just had a great atmosphere. I think people on the team are very competitive. They're great athletes, but I think they also have a good balance, as I said, and a good mindset when approaching athletics. Um, and I think just meeting as well people who have been at Brown and they spoke very highly of it, and that's that was a yeah. great, I think, great sign for me. Anisha, what about you? What were your choices coming out of high school, and why Brown? Yeah, so as Casey said, I, I knew I wanted to go to an institution that had a strong academic program, but also a strong Division One fencing team. Those were things that I knew I wanted in a school. Um, and while I had several choices, when I came to Brown, um, I met with Coach Alex Ripa, who's the yep. head coach now, um, and I was really drawn to his mission to recruit good fencers who were also good people, and that spoke to me because um, often a difficulty you have when recruiting competitive athletes is like, how do you translate their competitiveness on the field, on the strip, um, you know, on the court? to also being like a family and having a collaborative atmosphere between each other and when I met members of the fencing team at that point I realized his vision was definitely coming true you had a group of really strong fencers who were also just great people and I felt like I was entering a family and when I ended up you know agreeing to be recruited here and then got in I was just like welcomed by so many people and I think that's something that Casey and I have also tried to continue through our time here is kind of keeping that family atmosphere that I think is one of the huge strengths of our team. All right, so um, your, your team recently took first in the foil and saber as a team at the NEIFC Championships in Wellesley, Massachusetts. That was, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, Anika uh, defeated teammate Grace Lee in the uh, individual foil final. Um, but how did the team perform up in Wellesley? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just an amazing day. Um, I think our team really just steps up every tournament that we go to, but I think we really did um, capitalize on just the strength of our fencing and our program. Um, I Yeah, we had a lot of individual wins that yep. day, um, as well as great team wins. I think we took the overall nine team total. Like yeah. We just yeah. basically won the overall <laughs> big trophy for the tournament, which was yep. awesome. Um, and I think just spoke to the strength of our fencers, but also like, even when fencers had to fence each other in the individual rounds, there was a lot of great camaraderie. I think like the the atmosphere of the team really shone through. We were all supporting each other, and it was just an awesome day overall. I think we had a lot of victories, but also a lot of team building. And for some of our seniors, it was their last competition, um, and that was an awesome way to end it. And Anisha, as we record this, the NCAA regionals are this weekend at Harvard, are they not? Yes. Who from the team is participating in the regionals? So there are 12 of us. I think there's four in each weapon. Okay. So that's, that's the max number of fencers you can have even qualify for NCAA regionals. So I think the fact that we have four in each weapon is super exciting. And I think our odds of having people qualify for NCAAs are really high. So I'm excited. And NCAAs are in a couple of weeks down in Durham, correct? Mm -hmm. After regionals? Yes. Yep. All right. So Anisha, you last year, I don't have this year's stats 56 and 27 in the foil last year second most wins on the team in foil what's your season been like this year I think my season has been similarly strong which is exciting and it's a nice way to end out my senior year um, I think that I've been really pushing myself individually but also just 
pushing the people around us as captains what Casey and I've tried to do is keep everybody like close-knit but pushing each other to work hard and I think that's the atmosphere that you'll see going into regionals this weekend which is an individual tournament but we still act as a team everybody wants like each other to succeed despite competing against each other we're really competing with each other and so I'm excited for this weekend to see us all push each other to do our best and see who can qualify for NCAAs. Now, you won the Women's Sabre two weeks ago, is that right? Yes, I did. Congratulations on Thank that. You. And then in the Ivy Classic, you were 9-9 nine and nine in the Sabre. Uh, how would you categorize your performance there? Yeah, I mean, so as I said before, the Ivy Leagues are really difficult for us. They're some of our hardest conferences. And Absolutely. And we're going against people that we've seen in national tournaments before, but it's always a fun time because it's, al- it's always good competition and it's always good fencing. Um, so, yeah. Now, you were 12th at the NCAA Championships yes. last year, mm-hmm. earning All-American honors in the Sabre, and you beat the eventual NCAA champion? I did, yes. Yeah, that was a, fu- that was a funny Tell story. Tell me about that, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I was just on that day. I mean, I so the first day I did um, okay in my pools, I was kind of just losing some, winning some, but I think the second day I really felt like I was on fire, I ended up fencing a couple of the top four, I think, finishers at the NCAAs, and I've seen them all before, I've fenced them before, but I really felt like everything was working. Um, I really rely on my blocks, my parries, and I felt like those were working really well. Um, So that was a really great moment, and I think I'm hoping to see more of that at regionals. So uh, uh, this may be like an oversimplified question for the both of you, and maybe it varies by weapon, but when you are participating in your sport, how much of it is... How much is it you need to go in with an offensive mindset or a defensive mindset? Are you reacting? Are you, you know, are anticipating? Does that make sense? Like, do, do you go in saying, I'm going to be on the offensive or I'm going to be on the defensive and wait for my opponent to make a mistake and then get a point? How, how does that work? Yeah. Or does it vary question. by the opponent? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's something that all of us as fencers have kind of had to grapple with. But I think the, the most fun thing about fencing is that you really get to define that for yourself. All fencers are different and it kind of depends on the individual. I really encourage like everyone to try fencing at least once because just running up and down the strip is fun <laughs> um, with, with a saber or with a blade. Um, but I think a lot of fencers have tried to make in their mind like an action that they want to perform. So a lot of people are strong defensively or offensively. And so they'll focus on one type of action that they're most comfortable with. Um, but it does depend, it depends sometimes on the opponent, sometimes on the referee that you have. Um, so that's all like the factors that you have to consider when you're fencing. Um, but I would say our coach is also encouraging us to do a lot of mental preparation. So kind of before we start the action, really planning out what we want to do next and playing, like Anisha said, almost like a game of chess. Um, so that's been a really good mental mindset to have. Anisha, do you spend time watching film of your opponents prior to a bout, or do you watch them the actual day of the bout and some of their other bouts? Like, how, how do you go about knowing your opponent's tendencies and where you think uh, her weaknesses might be, for instance? Yeah, that's such a great question. I mean, what's interesting about the sport of fencing is because it's relatively small, Casey and I have grown up fencing these fencers almost our entire life. Um, And so I've seen people's fencing develop and, you know, I see somebody at a meet and I'm about to fence them and I do have a tendency for, like, I know what actions they might try to do because I fenced them countless number of times before. So there is definitely some of that anticipation like in anticipation when going into a bout like I know kind of what to expect but a lot of fencing is also um 
reacting to things you might not expect and then quickly changing your game plan. Um, during our five touch bouts, you can call a timeout at once during the bout. Um, and so we use those really strategically because you could get on the strip with a plan and it might not be working and your teammates can call a timeout and be like, hey, notice this isn't working. And right there and then you sort of have to play a game of physical chess, as Casey said, and sort of plan, okay, how am I gonna change that right now to turn this bout around? And so actually all the things you mentioned, anticipating, reacting, all of that, that's all, we're doing all of that all at once. So yeah. it's it, a great it, question. But it's interesting too to hear you say that you've been fencing against your opponents for many, many years. So yeah. you know their tendencies, they probably know yours. Definitely. And it's one of those things when you go into about, well, she knows that I know that she knows. So do I want to stay true to what I do best or do I want to mix things up because she might be expecting this? Right, me. exactly. And also the way fencing um, other teams works is that I'm fencing three bouts when I fence one school. So I could fence one of their fencers and maybe use my signature action and their coach takes notice and lets them know the next fencer in the next bout, hey, you know she's going to do this. So it's all about you know, they might be predicting what you're doing, you're predicting what they're doing, but you got to keep changing and strategizing, which is really, that's what makes fencing so fun in my opinion. Casey, you two, and I say you two, I mean everybody in your class, You've had to endure so much in terms of the pandemic. So your freshman season, NCAAs are canceled, right? Because that's when COVID hit. Yeah. Then your sophomore season, there wasn't a season. The Ivy League canceled athletics. So you have to deal with two non-seasons. Are you happy at least that you got to finish up these last two years under somewhat normal conditions? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's been really nice to be back together with the team on campus and in person. Um, I think we made the most of our year, our COVID year, honestly. I think we, we still tried to practice and stay together as a team and socialize with each other. Um, but definitely thankful for the opportunity to have been at Brown, to have been an athlete here, and to have had a couple of years just competing with the team. Anisha, you and I were talking off the air before we started recording about the fact that you feel like COVID seems like so long ago, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> testing two times a week and taking all these classes virtually. And yeah. I mean, it was a different world we were living in, a different time, wasn't it? Yeah. It almost feels like a whole other life. I know at that time, Casey and I were living together in the Omni Hotel um, because we weren't here in our sophomore fall. So they placed us in the hotel our sophomore spring. Pretty good. Yeah, it was a really good deal. <laughs> I had a huge room, bathroom all to myself. And so thinking about that time just feels like a whole other life. But you're so right about us losing you know or losing NCAA championships and then our sophomore year season and I think that's one of the reasons that these Ivies wins were so big for us because our team and a lot of the teams at Brown have been through a lot and I know our team in particular has been through a lot um, through freshman year COVID and then our team being reinstated and then you know kind of building our team back up um, and so I think we can see the vision of how this team will grow and dominate and you know, in the next few years. And I think that's why Casey wanted to come on this podcast and just say like how excited we are. Casey, you're both captains. Um, what does it mean to you to be a captain? Uh, was it an honor when you found out you were named captain? And what do you view as your responsibilities with that title? Yeah, Anisha and I, and I have been having a lot of fun with being captains. I think it's been a really great honor to be, I, so our, the way our uh, captains work is that we're elected. Um, so By your team, teammates? Yes. yes. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's been really awesome because we've been able to serve the team as well as being kind of leaders for them. Um, it's We are getting to know a lot of the members of the team on a more personal level, being able to sort athletic, academic, personal um, questions with them. 
as well as being able to lead the team during competitions is a lot of fun. I think we've been able to take on the responsibility really well. I'm really thankful that I've been able to work with Anisha. That's been a great experience. Um, but I think it's to be a captain is a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's also a great responsibility to have. And I'm really thankful that we got to work with our team. Anisha, when you see a first-year student athlete right, as on the fencing team, do you look at that person and say, that was me four years ago. And, and, and what do you do to try to help that person along in terms of time management? Maybe they're struggling with, you know, the time it takes to practice or, you know, schoolwork and balancing that, you know, that work-life balance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When, when I do look at the first years, I think, wow, I was them. And I remember my captain for when I was a freshman and Casey and I looked up to her so much. And so it's just so funny to think, wow, I'm that person for this first year now. And so I think Casey and I, we've set up meetings with the first years throughout their time at Brown just to check in. And I, I think what you said, that is a big struggle for first year student athletes, kind of balancing that time commitment. And I know Casey and I both worked through that our freshman year. So actually like even before they bring a problem to us about time management, we'll try to coach them and be like, okay, we're entering the tournament season. This is how we recommend you kind of work through this. And this is how we've done it. Um, and so, yeah, definitely. I know the struggles that I went through freshman year on an academic, athletic, social level. Yep. And so kind of seeing myself in them and wanting to help work, help them work through that. Casey, in terms of the NCAA regionals this weekend at Harvard, what has to happen? How do you qualify for the NCAAs in two weeks? What has to be done at regionals to qualify for NCAAs? Absolutely. Yep. So a lot of the qualifications for regionals does come from the regular season um, record of the individual. So having a pretty good record, a good win-loss percentage is usually very important, but also individual performance at the actual regionals tournament is important as well. I would say actually essential because um, the top eight fencers, so the way the regionals works for us is that you have two rounds of round robin, so mm -hmm. you fence five other fencers to five touches. It's a pretty quick round, but you have two rounds of those, and then you reach a final round. And in order to qualify for regionals, you have to reach this final round and do pretty well in the final round. Um, so it's a lot of factors, but I would say a lot of it is if you do well at regionals, usually you make it to championships. Um, so it is a little bit of a high-pressure day because it really is important how you do on that day. If you don't make it to the final pool, you're not making it to championships. Um, so it's it's high pressure, but I'm excited for us to all go out and perform. And you did that last year? I did, yes. And what was, what was it like? It must have been really cool when you knew, hey, I qualified for NCAAs. Yes, it's definitely, I think up until the end of the tournament, you really don't know because you really have to perform in that last pool as well as the ones before. And I think it's definitely a long day. You really have to stay strong and mentally, like keep your mental endurance up. Um, but even towards the end of the last pool, you're fencing a lot of great fencers and um, it's it's definitely difficult because you're not really sure what record you need in order to make it. You kind of just have to be good relative to everyone else. Um, so it is a little bit of a mental game, um, but once you finish the pool, usually you feel like some sort of relief. Okay, at least I'm done, but let's see where the chips may fall. All right, when we right, let's wrap it up by having a little fun. And I can see, and for those listening, I can see by the smiles on their faces how much their four years at Brown meant to them. Um, and we can hear it in your voice as well. Uh, First things first, what are you going to miss most about Brown? We'll start with you, Anisha. I'm going to miss the people. I think that I've been so fortunate to meet so many great and interesting people at Brown, so many of those from the fencing team, and so many, like, my favorite experiences at Brown have been just meals with the fencing team, or we, we drive a van to practice, because um, our club that we practice at is about 15 minutes away, so those van drives... Casey and I actually drive the vans so just feeling like feeling like a mom driving her kids <laughs> to practice like there are just so many 
fun moments that I feel like I'm going to look back on and be so grateful that I had. How about you, Casey? What will you miss the most? I completely agree. Yeah, I, I definitely will miss the fencing team and the people here. Um, I've met so many amazing friends. We and kind of walked the line between a lot of different disciplines, and that's been amazing. I think I'll also miss just all the activities you can do on Brown's campus. I mean, I'm involved in a couple of different clubs. I'm involved in the sports team. I work with a journal and an acapella group. We have an acapella group for athletes now. Um, Jacapella? Jacapella. Yeah, oh. I'm one of the co-presidents. Yeah. Oh, you are? <laughs> yeah. So um, I haven't seen Jacapella perform in a while, but I know yeah. there was a time when we used to see them sing the anthem at different events or perform at halftime. Yep, we're trying to work back up to that. I think Good. COVID did a little bit of a number on the group before, sure. but um, Simon Hatcher, who's on men's crew, and I are working together um, to kind of get more performances. We sang the national anthem last week, actually. Um, and so we're trying to do more collaborations with other acapella groups and sing more national anthems. So, yes, that's something that I've really enjoyed being involved in. Um, and I think I, I'm in a lab here at Brown, and I think just being able to be part of all these different activities and balance all of them in one day is really something that I enjoy. I love being able to bounce between different things and kind of explore those different parts of my identity. Anisha, what will you be graduating with a degree in? I am double concentrating in neuroscience and anthropology, so I'll graduate with a bachelor in science, and I'm going to start med school in August at the Icon School of Medicine in Mount Sinai. Congratulations. Thank you. How Thank about you. you, Casey? What will you be graduating with a degree in, and what's next for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm graduating with a degree in chemical biology, so in the chemical chemistry department, um, and that's a bachelor of science, and then I'm planning to go to grad school in chemistry, so I'm still undecided. I'm doing my grad school visits, actually, in the coming weeks, um, but I'm hoping to be somewhere in California. That's awesome. How about open curriculum? What class did you take, maybe outside of your concentrations, that was, looking back, was like really cool, one of my favorite classes that, you know, if you went to another school, you may not have had an opportunity to take a class like that, but due to the open curriculum here at Brown, you could. I'm actually taking astronomy and poetry right now, um, okay. which are both really interesting, and they're kind of outside of my field of more of strictly uh, chemistry or biology. Um, I really like astronomy because sometimes now I can look up at the stars and be like, oh, I know what's going on there. I know what phase of the moon it is. Um, it seems small, but something that I'd like to apply in the future. And, and in poetry class, we're learning how to write not just rhyming poems, but poems based on these diagrams that are really interesting. So I really appreciate that Ron has given us the opportunity to explore all these different topics in, in kind of an in-depth and unique way. Anisha, is there a class or two that uh, sticks out for you? Yeah, so I actually came into Brown um, as a sole neuroscience concentrator, um, but then I took some anthropology classes that I enjoyed so much. I didn't even know what anthropology was coming into Brown, so the open curriculum really allowed me to go outside of my pre-med requirements um, and take some fun classes. And my favorite class at Brown has definitely been anthropology of the Middle East, which I have had literally no background in at all, yeah. barely in anthropology or in Middle Eastern studies. Um, and it was just a class that opened my mind to so many things about identity um, and kind of our place in the world. And so very grateful for Brown for the opportunity for me to learn more about different areas. All right, Casey, what's your favorite spot on campus? That's a good question. I would say um, the Smith Bonanno Hall. I really love studying. Smitty B. I Smitty like B. Smitty B oh, too. Yes. Smitty B. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the um, empty space where like the old basketball courts yeah, used to be. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I love how open the layout is, and I just I like just parking myself down there and working on lectures or waiting for class to start. I find it really peaceful, and then it's also pretty central on Pembroke campus. So I really like that spot. How about you, Anisha? Sydney Frank Hall for Life Sciences. That's the building my lab is in. So okay. I spend a lot of time there and it's just such a beautiful building because there are windows covering the entire left wall when you're sitting there. So there's so much light coming in. It's such a modern building. Um, so that's probably my favorite place to do work. What residence halls did you live in as freshman? I was in Andrews Hall. Okay. 
I was in Jamison Mead and Keeney. Okay. Uh, Ratty or V-Dub? V-Dub. Definitely V-Dub. Really? Yeah. Tell me why. I lived near the Ratty my freshman year, and I didn't really know how to get around campus that well, so I didn't really go to any of the other dining halls, <laughs> and I went to the Ratty for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I was so sick of it back then. <laughs> so as a first semester freshman, I didn't know any other dining halls existed. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think the team does a lot of our dinners at V-Dub, so I think yep. that's been a nice place to bond. And also, I just love, like, the options at the V-Dub. I, I don't mind the Ratty either. Don't get me wrong. I love um, the pizza at the Ratty. I don't know. Man. Yeah, oh, I mean, the there pizza at the Ratty. There are definitely good. bright spots there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the V-Dub, I think it just, like, every Monday they have, like, burrito bowls, and I think that um, routine is really important for me. So, how, yeah. how about Andrews? You guys like Andrews? Oh, I love Andrews. Yeah. I think we just live a little bit farther from it now. Right, so. right, right. Not as often. <laughs> How about Thayer Street? Was there a spot on Thayer Street uh, that you you'd like to hang out at or go to for lunch or dinner or when late night snack, whatever it might be? I'm a big fan of Trebos Peri Peri. <laughs> <laughs> the team actually makes fun of me for how much I like Trebos Peri Peri. Mm. Highly recommend. <laughs> the workers hurt. there know my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to agree, honestly, but I also like the crepe place. Um, okay. I, I think it's great because there's a lot of different variety there. But, yeah, I mean, I think Trubos is a big hit among among our team. So. Well, uh, I wish you both the best of luck uh, up you. at Harvard this weekend at NCAA Regionals. Hope you, hopefully you both qualify for NCAAs, but even if you don't, um, it's been a great career for the two of you. And congratulations on really everything you've had to endure, right? And it's been a, a difficult four years, but you've represented yourselves. You've represented the fencing program, Brown Athletics, and the university so well. You have a lot to be proud of and certainly being captains, the responsibility of that as well. Thank you for joining us on the Brown Bears podcast, and good luck to both of you. Thank you so Thank much you for so having much. us. Thank you. All right, Casey Chan and uh, Anisha Kasi, yep. right, our guests <laughs> on the Brown Bears podcast. That'll do it for us. We'll be back next week, and we will be joined by Steve King, Brown Class of 91, recently inducted into the, uh, the Rhode Island uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. We'll talk to Steve next week on the Brown Bears podcast. Until that time, for Anisha and Casey, my name is Scott. Thanks for joining us, everybody. You've been listening to the Brown Bears podcast on the Brown Bears Sports Network. For more information on Brown University athletics, visit brownbears.com. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.